Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guest today is Aaron Marizella, the Executive Director for Innovations and Aging. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so before we get started, I want to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County, or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but to get things started, Aaron, I was wondering if you could start off by giving us a bit of your background prior to your current position. So before coming to work for Innovations in Aging, I had worked for 15 years as a speech therapist with older adults. Most of the work that I did was in long-term care facilities. And when I lived on the East Coast, I covered from Pennsylvania to Florida. So I have been to hundreds of long-term care facilities, hospitals, assisted living facilities up and down on the East Coast. And um, I was doing swallowing studies, endoscopy, and taking medical equipment into really rural areas. And my experience in healthcare, um, it gave me the opportunity to see all the good and the areas for improvement for how we serve older adults in our country. And I moved to Colorado Springs with my husband in 2018. And um, in that time, I saw that even though, I mean, we had moved all the way across the country, some of the challenges were the same in serving as a healthcare provider for older adults. So in 2020, a great year to start something new, um, I went back to school <laughs> and I got my MBA in health administration. And at the time, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to know more mm -hmm. and I wanted to serve differently. And I almost left the program because I was getting advice from my mentors that I was going to be, you know, this, this program was for someone who would be the executive director of a nursing home or someone who would be the CEO of a hospital. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to work more in the community. Yeah. So I'm glad I stayed in it. It was an excellent program. I learned so much and it really set me up for the community work that we do at Innovations in Aging. All right. Very good. And can you tell me more about your role here with Innovations in Aging and what the organization is all about? Yes. So Innovations in Aging was founded in 2009 in Colorado Springs by BJ Scott and Barbara Yellick. And it was founded to improve the quality of life for older adults. And in 2015, Innovations in Aging brought the age-friendly framework to our region with the age-friendly designation for the city of Colorado Springs. A lot of people have not heard of age-friendly, mm -hmm. and I find that it's such a shame because we are considered a national leader for the work that we do in this region, and Colorado Springs is recognized across the country for our age-friendly business practices and the sustainable programs we've been able to develop for the community since 2015. So age-friendly is a framework that comes from the World Health Organization, and 
it is a designation that any community can adopt. It is a, it's an intentional way to build your community so that everyone has access to everything that the community offers, no matter how old they are or how young they are. And in 2015, Colorado Springs was one of the first cities in Colorado and one of the first in the country to receive the designation. And I'm very excited to share with everybody that in July of this year, El Paso County received their designation as an age-friendly county. So the way that we come to receive this designation is we survey the community, we identify partners in our work, we identify needs and opportunities for community development to make sure that everyone stays engaged as we get older. And then we create an action plan and we apply for designation. So with the work of Innovations in Aging, in partnership with the City of Colorado Springs and also El Paso County, we were able to receive that designation. And I'm really grateful for the support of the county in that work. So tell me a little bit about how a city or county or region or any municipality receives that age-friendly designation. Uh, is there a governing body that helps determine that? Is that something that's determined by you know, businesses within the area? Like, How is that designation achieved? Yeah, so the framework is an international framework and there are countries, states, cities, counties, communities all over the world who adopt this framework in order to build their communities that nobody ever grows too old to live there. And it looks different all over the world mm -hmm. because it's not a prescriptive designation. Okay. It is a question for your community. It's go out and talk to the people who live here and find out what they need. A lot of the framework is built around social determinants of health. It's the environment. It's business. It's how would an older adult make their voice heard by voting. Mm -hmm. It's what does our healthcare system look like? What is our transportation system like? So in the United States, the AARP oversees the designation and there are over 700 communities in the United States who are working to build a more age-friendly United States. So for someone who may not be familiar with what an age-friendly thing might look like, what are some examples of age-friendly business practices or frameworks that uh, governments work within? You know, what does that look like for somebody? I am so glad that you asked me that. <laughs> and I'm going to go a little off theme <laughs> and no tell you not about age-friendly businesses, but just about what age-friendly is. Okay. And my favorite example of age-friendly is the kindergarten chair because we make small chairs for kindergartners because they're small people. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to your kindergarten classroom, the one you went to kindergarten in? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, that was a long time ago. Uh, I, I, I have, yeah. <laughs> were you shocked at how small the chairs were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah of course, yeah. <laughs> Me too. The first time I went back to my kindergarten, I thought, oh my goodness, they're so small. But of course they're small because kindergartners are small people. Right. And we don't ask them to sit in a chair that's built for an 18-year-old who's about to graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. We also do not ask a fourth grader to call the mayor and say, hey, I'm bigger now. Can I please have a bigger chair? <laughs> 
So we anticipate growth from kindergarten to 12th grade, and we give people bigger chairs that fit them so that they can learn in a comfortable environment. But then we graduate from high school, and everybody gets their sign that says, you're an adult now, and Mm -hmm. we send people away forever. (laughs) But 20 is not 40, is not 60, is not 80. Yeah. And what we do at Innovations in Aging is we anticipate the growth through the decades of life to design the community so that no one ever has to call the mayor and say, I can't use the bus because I can't take my walker down the aisle Mm -hmm. or I can't afford to live here because housing prices are rising and I live on a fixed income as an older adult. So we want to design the community so that people can grow up here seamlessly, like the way that a kindergartner Mm -hmm. naturally gets a bigger chair when they're in first, second, third, fourth grade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly when it was that the chair got bigger, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I'm trying, now you're making me think about it. It's like, yeah, I remember the really tiny chairs in kindergarten. I don't remember when the tiny chair went to the bigger chair and then the bigger chair. It Mm -hmm. did seem pretty natural though. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even that was, 30 years ago. So it's not like this is a new thing. Mm -hmm. It's something that people have been considering for quite a while. Yeah. And we consider it for children, but we don't consider it for adults. Mm -hmm. And life is constant change. We're always changing. Age-friendly design is for everyone because we're all aging Mm -hmm. every day. Everybody's getting older. And we all have family friends, and neighbors who are moving between these phases of life. And change between these phases presents new challenges and opportunities. And it's not necessarily that we're getting older, and it's not necessarily that someone is too old. It's just change is inherent, and age-friendly design anticipates that change. So people presume that the work that we do is specifically for people who are you know, 60 plus. Mm -hmm. And it is because culturally, when we look at the community, there are needs that are not being met for older adults. There are opportunities that are not being met for older adults because they're in a different phase of life. But when I talk to my friends at Children's Hospital or people who volunteer for other organizations in the community, like The Place Mm -hmm. or Forge Evolution, age-friendly work wants to see children succeed because a community that does not take care of the mental health of a child grows older adults who did not have their mental health care needs met throughout their life. And so really it's intergenerational Mm -hmm. community design. So tell me a little bit about how your years of experience in speech therapy, working with older adults and at long-term care facilities, how has that really played a part in helping you in this current role that you have as the executive director for the organization? So age-friendly, the age-friendly framework is really social determinants of health based. And as a healthcare worker, I see almost everything as healthcare. Parks are healthcare, transportation is healthcare, housing is healthcare. And so, from my lens of healthcare, it was an easy move into thinking about community in, on, in a bigger way mm-hmm. from the 30,000 foot view. And when I was a speech therapist and working in long term care, I wasn't operating 
from 30,000 feet. I was operating in the weeds. Right. It was day to day and it was siloed work a lot of the time. And I love the collaborative work at Innovations and Aging because I get to work with the leaders in housing, the leaders in healthcare, the leaders in urban design in the community to make sure that people's needs are met across across all aspects of their life. When I worked in long-term care, you know, we would have to send people home because their healthcare needs were technically met, but their human needs were not. Mm. You know, technically they were healthy enough to go home, but they didn't have a way to get food to their house or, you know, they lived alone and they were socially isolated and I could not be the person to bring internet service to their rural community as the speech therapist. And now I get to um, serve in such a more impactful way. So for 15 years, when I worked in speech therapy with older adults, my lens was not only healthcare, but it was serving older adults who were sick. Mm -hmm. And at Innovations in Aging, we do serve the needs of people who are aging and sometimes people who are older are sick. But a lot of times people who are older are healthy and active and they're engaged members of the community. They are looking for encore careers for a second career after they have retired. Um, I tell people all the time, if Disney World did not cater to people over 60, they would lose so much money because my mom loves (laughs) to go to Disney World. Yeah. So... This job has really given me an opportunity to celebrate that next phase of life and Mm -hmm. everything that it has to offer. So, and the joys and the opportunities of retiring and starting a new, a new phase. Yeah, no, that's Mm -hmm. great. Uh, So you talked a little bit about collaboration. I want to dive into that a little bit more. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me about just that importance of the collaboration with your organization as it relates to working with, you know, the city and the county you mentioned, but also other businesses within the area? Why is that so important? So age-friendly work is community work. It is listening to people to understand where they're at and then bringing resources to find creative solutions for their needs and their opportunities. And Innovations and Aging has always been a small but mighty team between one to three staff members at any period of time. And even with the small staff that we've we've always had, we've done very big, amazing things in this region, in El Paso County and in Colorado Springs. And the reason that we've been able to do that is through collaboration. And a big value that we bring to the community is our 30,000 foot view of departments that could operate together. So I tell people, and I love this, this is such a great part of my job is that I don't have to be the expert in transportation. (laughs) I don't have to be the expert in housing. But what I can do is spend my time understanding who's doing that work and understanding what their needs are and connecting them to other leaders in the community, increasing efficiency, reducing administrative burden, finding ways, synergies across sectors in ways to build the community effectively. And aging 
I mean, we're, we're all getting older, right? We're all aging all the time. <laughs> I don't like admitting it, but yeah, I think, I think so. Everybody is getting older while growing older together. It's a fact of life and it's fun and interesting to see what the next day holds, right? <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Yes, most of the time. And I sometimes will think about door handles and every door handle in El Paso County and if every door handle is accessible, no matter how old we are, <laughs> unless we're two, and then we don't need to be using door handles. Right, right. <laughs> but um, the opportunity to collaborate in El Paso County, our opportunity to collaborate is almost endless because anything that anyone is working on could be adapted for anybody, no matter how old we are. My A big part of my job is listening to see where our work could be most impactful and to understand where we are most needed and to understand who we can serve and who wants to collaborate now today. We have a five-year action plan for age-friendly Pikes Peak, which encompasses both Colorado Springs and El Paso County. And we worked with a wonderful contractor in designing that action plan. Her name is Rachel Cohen. And she told me, she's like, I'm going to give you this action plan. And I need for you to tell me that you understand that we don't have to do all of this tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Because I do, I want to do it all right now. But um, it really is collaborative work. And if we were trying to do it all on our own, it would not be impactful. A big part of my job is helping people see themselves in the mission Mm -hmm. of serving older adults. And if we can work together, if we can all be invested, no matter where we're at in the community, if we can be invested in making sure that nobody ever gets too old to live here together, then that's a more sustainable work. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned that five-year action plan for the region. Is that part of is that considered a short-term goal for your organization or is that a long-term goal? And what are some of the other goals that you have as an organization? Yeah, I would say that that's our long-term goal mm-hmm. is to achieve the actionable items that we have laid out in this new plan. And we have, I think, 60 or 70 action plans across five different domains. So we're looking at workforce, housing, age-friendly environment, social communication and connection, and health and wellness. So those are our five domains that we're working in to achieve these 60 to 70 goals in the next five years. And our short-term goals. So we've had, we have short, mid, and long-term goals, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so probably, I would say that our midterm goal, one of our midterm goals is this five-year action plan. That's really where we're trying to get is to achieve these actionable items. And age-friendly design, age-friendly community work is structured in a five-year cycle. So this is our second plan for the region. Our first plan was based in Colorado Springs and ran from 2016 to 2021. And we achieved over 90% of our actionable items in that first plan, Wow, which I'm very proud of. That's I pretty, that seems pretty good. <laughs> I wasn't part of the organization, but it just shows um, how we can work together as a community to 
you know, tackle these mm-hmm. needs and opportunities and really get things done, yeah. really build real things, real tangible things. Like the Pikes Peak Housing Network was the seeds for that were planted in the first age-friendly plan for Colorado Springs. We helped build Panorama Park into an age-friendly park, and it's such a wonderful place for families. And we also built the Pikes Peak Commission on Aging during our first act, age-friendly action plan. So, um, but that that's really a midterm goal. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think long-term, I think about growing our impact throughout the county, being present in more communities throughout the county, building a sustainable model for age-friendly regions throughout Colorado, building a network across states, Mm -hmm. you know, to understand the best practices. And and we're working on that right now as part of the age-friendly communities, uh, the age-friendly network across the country. We, We have really close partners throughout the country who are doing similar work and understanding, you know, what the best practices are and what has, what is tried and true and um, how we can have the greatest impact. And our short-term goals, we have four initiatives currently. One is age-friendly, which we have done historically, and the age-friendly action plan for the region one of the things that came from that was the age, the age-friendly business certification with the our partnership with our friends at the Better Business Bureau of Southern Colorado. And what that is, is that businesses can choose to go through a certification process to build either a brick and mortar or a digital business that is inclusive of the needs of older adults. And I love this certification for our region because we're such a business-friendly community and it's really a way to have a good impact in our region is to work with businesses and we've applied for a grant in partnership with UCCS to look at making sure that this certification is accessible for all kinds of businesses. So in conversation with the different chambers of commerce in the region to make sure that it's not restrictive. You know, when I talk to large organizations like the Switchbacks, Mm -hmm. one of the pieces of the age-friendly business certification is you can't have an environment that's excessively noisy but a soccer game is excessively noisy. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's not to say that older adults don't want to go to a soccer game. Mm -hmm. So doing research with businesses in the community, minority owned businesses, small businesses, large businesses to understand how we can be a better partner with them. And another short term goal for us is building a creative aging community in Southern Colorado So we recently moved our offices into Cottonwood Center for the Arts. And I'm so excited to be here because we have not partnered very closely with the arts community historically. Mm -hmm. And it's giving us a very organic connection to create creativity and the creative space for older adults in this region. So I don't know exactly what it will look like yet, but creative aging is a national, it's an international concept mm-hmm. of making sure that we have an environment that is conducive to 
allowing people to express themselves as they age. And again, it goes back to social determinants of health, right? Like we need these creative outlets for our mental health. We need these creative outlets. They, they bring joy. Mm-hmm. So working on that in our new space at Cottonwood Center for the Arts. And the initiative that I'm very excited about right now is we're building an age tech ecosystem in Southern Colorado. Are you familiar with this term age tech? I'm not. Is age tech a, is completely new to me. Completely new. So it's age tech is a term for technology that would serve the needs and opportunities of aging, mm-hmm. right? And I've done startup coaching on the front range for health tech companies. So for people who are building tech solutions for healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to engage with that community while I was getting my MBA. And I hear frequently people will tell me that anybody can use their product. It doesn't matter how old they are. And what I would love to see and what we are building in Southern Colorado is an ecosystem that understands that to have an effective solution for older adults, we need to start with the problems as identified by older adults. Mm -hmm. So build something from what we know about what we need as we age instead of trying to force a solution into an aging space. So age tech can include all sorts of things like remote patient monitoring, telehealth, driverless cars for older adults, take them to healthcare appointments, mm-hmm. having apps on your phone that are accessible for people who are getting older. And when I worked in long-term care, I saw a shift in 15 years. By the time I left, everyone came into the nursing home with their iPhone. You know, <laughs> right? people came in with their iPads. Uh-huh. Like, and everybody needed, you know, two outlets in their room so that they could charge all of their devices. So, right. so older adults are using technology, and we have an age-friendly community. Colorado Springs is a smart city. Colorado is one of 10 age-friendly states in the United States of America. And we have a huge, a hugely active startup community across the Front Range. So the time is right mm-hmm. for us to build this age tech ecosystem here in Southern Colorado because we have all the pieces. We have the age-friendly piece. We have the tech piece. We have smart individuals living in Southern Colorado who can create these businesses. We have a strong business community and we have three very engaged startup accelerators in this region. Um, Exponential Impact, the Epic program at UCCS and Catalyst Campus, as well as other business incubators like the Thrive Networks in Southeast of Colorado Springs who are working to build successful businesses. So I'm very excited for the opportunity for our age tech ecosystem that's growing here. And we have a new scholarship that we launched in partnership with Exponential Impact this summer. So we were able to provide a scholarship for a business that's going through their accelerator this fall that has a solution with a product that aligns with our mission Mm -hmm. to find creative solutions for the needs and opportunities of aging. So... I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. And it is a way for innovations in aging to leave a big impact in the community 
and to really reach people in rural areas. Mm-hmm. You know, when I worked in healthcare, when I worked in long-term care, I was the rehab director in Woodland Park and a nursing home up there. And when people would go home, sometimes they would go to a community that was so rural that they couldn't even get a home health nurse to come out to their house. If we can work together with our community partners, like Underline, who is working to bring internet service to older adults, and if we can make sure that people have the devices they need and the training that they need to use these devices, then we can solve that problem of how do you get healthcare to rural communities. Yeah. One of the things that I think is difficult for a listener to appreciate is how you get that feedback in the first place. I mean, a lot of the things that organizations do are reactive based upon, you know, the people that they work for or uh, residents of community or whatever the case may be. How do you get that feedback from these older adults to know these are the steps that we should be taking? These are the pain points that we have. These are the areas that might be overlooked and then create action items to address those needs. Yeah, that is a big part of the age-friendly designation process. So in order to be designated as an age-friendly county, in order to be to have Colorado Springs designated as an age-friendly city, the first part of that is surveying your community. The first part of that is going out and listening to people and understanding where they're at. We have community listening sessions. We're working on an age-friendly summit for this fall in November. We had one last year as well. And it's staying constantly connected. It's keeping the pulse on what people need. And that's a big part of the collaborative effort too. You know, I can't be everywhere all at once. <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody can, right? right? And so it's when we build this age-friendly mindset in mm-hmm. our community, then people who work in transportation, they know to kind of lean in a little bit to understand that older people are using transportation a little bit differently. Or, you know, when we're working on housing, the leaders in the housing community, they know that, you know, aging aging in place and aging in community is, is different than a young family looking for their first home. So it is about organizing, listening, sessions for the community, but it's also about building and sustaining relationships with organizations and individuals who serve older adults in the work that they do and making sure that their needs are met. Another thing that I think of is when you are soliciting feedback from people, I think it's easy for people to just kind of say, okay, whatever, here are some ideas. But to really get ideas that matter, I think you have to prove that you are listening. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have to trust you. They have to see that work that you're doing is actually being done based on what they're saying. And then I think that's when they really open up and really, you know, give, give the feedback that you're probably looking for in the first place. How have you been able to show that in not just innovations in aging, but maybe some of your other collaborative partners have been able to be that trustworthy ear, I guess, for the community and show that, you know, we are listening and we are taking action based off of what you're saying. So please come to us with what you're looking for. That is a very good question. I find that there there are some individuals who know innovations in aging, but it is more community 
leaders and community-based organizations who know who we are. Part of that reason is that we work in upstream urban design. We don't do direct one-on-one services for older adults. Mm-hmm. Our main partners, the people we serve directly, the people I see most often, are city leaders, county leaders, other executive directors of other organizations mm-hmm. who are who have those one-on-one relationships with older adults. And through our partnership with them, then we are able to keep a specific pulse on the needs of older adults as they access those resources, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a an older adult hotline that people can call it Silver Key, for example. And when I talk to the volunteers who answer the phone there, they tell me often that they get phone calls about housing. So that is how I know that housing is an issue, mm-hmm. you know, for older yeah. adults in this region. And part of the reason that we are less visible to to individuals, I think, is if we're doing a good job at innovations and aging, it's almost like we were never here, right? <laughs> it's like that, you know, you don't, you don't want to have to call the mayor and tell them that you can't use the bus. And so if we get to the bus first, if we get to the transportation system first and build it in a seamless way, mm-hmm. then it's seamless already. You know, if we build a park that is age friendly and no matter how old you are, you're able to go and enjoy the park, then it just, it's seamless and it's, it's effortless. Yeah. And that is really our goal is kind of put ourselves out of business. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think that there, we do have a very engaged group of volunteers, mm-hmm. leaders in the community, but also community members of all ages. And those people help us understand what's going on in their communities. It's really about maintaining regular connections as much as we can with our community-based organization partners and individuals, which is one of the reasons also that I'm very excited to be at Cottonwood Center for the Arts because the space is so alive. Mm -hmm. People come through here and... They, they walk past our office. People come here for First Fridays. They see that we are in, implanted in the community, and it gives us more of a presence, more of um, it, it gives us greater visibility in yeah. the community by being here. Yeah, and you know, going back to the point about collaboration, you know, while you guys may not be the ones who are doing those direct surveys yourselves, it's important to be a partner that can be relied upon to help those other organizations, whether again, city or county or businesses, whoever are the ones collecting that information for you guys to then help act on that information. And so, you know, again, you may not be the one that needs to be trustworthy to that individual who's sharing that information, but you need to be trustworthy to those organizations who are collecting that information. So then you can do the work in the community to help, again, make it more age-friendly. And you did mention volunteers. Mm -hmm. If people are listening and they think, oh my gosh, this is really interesting. I want to be a part of it. How can people get involved with innovations in aging and help volunteer for the organization? Thank you for asking that question. We would love to have volunteers join our work groups. So we have five work groups for each of our five domains in our age-friendly action plan. We have a new website that's coming out in mid-September. Very and exciting. Yes, very <laughs> exciting. Um, it has been a fun, creative process to work together with Neon Pig on that. 
So when our new website is up and running, people will be able to go on there and log on and connect with the work group that they're interested in. But at any time, they can reach out to us at info at innovationsinaging.org. And if you shoot us an email there, we can get you connected with the work group leader in your area who can help bring you on board, um, work together in this collaborative process to build a more age-friendly community. Very good. And then uh, before we close out here, I was just wondering mm-hmm. if there's anything else that you want to add that uh, maybe we haven't been able to talk about yet or something you want to reemphasize to really drive a point home. Two things that I would like to share um, before we close out is that age-friendly designation is not the completion of the work. Age-friendly designation is the announcement of the intention. So when we are designated as an age-friendly county, what that means is that we have built our action plan and we are ready to go. So we have five years in El Paso County to make these changes in communities. And we should all be proud to live in an age-friendly county. You know, when you talked about building trust with older adults, the county leaders coming together and saying, we're going to do this. We are going to opt into this framework because it is tried and true across the world Mm -hmm. as a way to build a community where people can grow up and grow older together, healthy and happy and engaged. So it's shown age-friendly communities have been shown to have great economic vitality. It's great for mental health. It's great for physical health. It's great for families and citizens of all ages. And now is the time to read through the action plan for municipalities, cities, towns to come together and decide what they want for their area because Colorado Springs is not Calhan and Monument is not Manitou Springs. Mm -hmm. And Every community in El Paso County can design exactly what they need for the older adults in their region based on this action plan that we have built together that they helped us to build across the county. I would also just reemphasize that age-friendly is not about older adults necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about building systems building systems that work for everybody. It's about built environment and deciding what we want the community to be and making it that way. And um, a great example, I think, of the work that we do intergenerationally for the community is when we think about workforce. You know, and when I, when I talk to leaders across, you know, Colorado Springs, El Paso County, Colorado, America, yeah. the planet, yeah. you know, we're <laughs> workforce and housing. They're, they're issues that we're all trying to solve right now post-COVID, right? right, right. And at Innovations in Aging, we focus on the needs and the opportunities of everyone as they grow older. So we are committed to affordable and accessible housing for everybody in El Paso County because if a teacher can't afford to live here, if a healthcare worker can't afford to live here, if a policeman or fire fireman can't afford to live here, then we don't have a community that serves anyone. Right. You know, so we need housing for young families in order to have an age-friendly community because we can't grow old and get sick if we don't have a nurse who can afford <laughs> a home here. And on the flip side of that, when we think about workforce and we think about workforce housing, Older adults are engaged 
in their careers. A lot of people change careers after they retire. My dad, when he retired, he opened a store, you know, so we do different things as we get older. And for example, UCCS has a program to retrain nurses to re-enter the workforce. So we also have a workforce shortage for healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about having young nurses in their 20s and 30s who are just graduating from nursing school. It's about making sure that we have these workforce options for older adults because they live here in the community with us. People are interested in working. And if we can build a community that has workforce and housing options for everybody, no matter how old we are, then we all win. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate you taking the time today and for the work that Innovations and in Aging does here for El Paso County. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really fun to talk to you today. Thank you. And if you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, you can find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 